So today I welcome Melissa Reynolds-James to the podcast. She's a food photographer, prop stylist, potato lover, one of the funniest people I have ever met and a great friend of mine. We're giving you tips on how to start becoming a food photographer along with tales from hilarious past jobs and not to mention stories of persistence. Please join me in welcoming Melissa to the podcast. You get it all, she's at your back and call when you're taking the liberty. Yes, you're taking the liberty when you're talking with liberty. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Hello, what an introduction. Yeah, truly. I was actually going to put sausage lover, but then thought, probably not. (laughs) Although Uh, you are, aren't you? Also, I am. Also true, yeah. But uh, (laughs) possibly inappropriate if people are tuning in at the right... What's your favourite sausage dish? Okay, it's a bit of a toss-up between a sausage sarni and um, a toad in the hole. But I think toad in the hole wins purely because it has to come with gravy. What do you have on your sausage sarni? Is it brown sauce, ketchup? Uh, ketchup, and it's got to be on white bread. I'll allow that. Good white bread. And do you know what bread's not allowed in my kitchen most of the time? Sourdough. <gasps> Unpopular opinion. Oh, God, we're really starting off strong. And I'm offending everyone. Everyone's like, well, I've tuned out. That's the end of that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. To Join in next yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's wrong with sourdough? I just, I just don't think it makes a good sandwich. Interesting. I, what I don't want when I'm eating a sandwich is my gums to bleed and my jaw <laughs> to break off. So sourdough is just going to, no, doesn't compliment it. It's not worthy of the sausage. Well, you know, you're going to get a lot of hate mail through the post, so just you wait. People are going to throw sourdoughs at my window. <laughs> I would love to see that. Not bricks. Not bricks. Not bricks, sourdough. Well, similar. <laughs> oh. I mean, I haven't got you on here to offend the nation, Mel. I you have got you on okay. here to talk about your job. <laughs> so you work as a food photographer at the moment, which I is do. an amazing job. And I thought it was one that people probably wouldn't know about because it is very unique and quite niche. How did you get into it? Yeah, it is. So um, I studied photography at degree level um, and I went to the Arts University Bournemouth, represent. It's like two people in the background like, um, Crayon College, they used to call it. The Crayon Bournemouth College. Uni. Yeah, so there was a Bournemouth University, uh, which is where, you know, intelligent, I'd say in bracket, you know, inverted air. What do you call them? Air. Uh. Um, air, quote, air speech air, marks, air, air quotations. Anyway, mm-hmm. those things. Um, so if you were academic, you know, and maths and science, that's where you would go, like a standard uni. And then our small little campus was the creative one. And they used to call us uh, the lovely name of, yeah, Crayon College. Well, it's only upwards from there. Oh, absolutely. I progressed onto biro and <laughs> acrylics <laughs> in no time. Um so yeah, I went there, studied uh, fine art photography, uh, which was a lot more conceptual based and uh, I didn't do commercial photography because it was a lot of fashion um, and still life, which now seems quite funny because what's more still than a plate of food? That is true. Um, but yeah, at the time it wasn't, it didn't really, it didn't take my fancy, it wasn't what I was interested in or what I'd known and what I'd learned. So yeah, I went there, studied uh, photography and uh, learn how to use the camera properly and get the image in camera whereas yeah commercial was a lot of post-production which you still find a lot today but I just wasn't into that at the time 
so when I'd come out of uni because of my like final major project I, I was very interested in um set design which is basically like you probably know if it's from like theatre and panto as in a set as in a stage set is it basically the sparkly things that happen in the back of panto yeah essentially um but scale it down and put a bottle of perfume on it or i don't know earrings or something uh so i was quite interested in that uh and i actually did a sort of similar thing to this where i interviewed some uh set designers as part of my course um and i was like oh that sounds really that sounds awesome and then assisted some and basically found out that whilst it was cool and you know it was really creative and it used a lot of uh, mediums and techniques wasn't really what I was interested in oh yeah I did assist a paper sculptor which I'm sure you would like sorry sorry paper sculpting sculptor yeah so Mm -hmm. literally taking paper and building like cities out of it and like tiny cars and palm trees which is what I was designated so origami yes yes in in simple terms yes origami um I'm sure the person that I assisted would be like you bitch if she heard you say that it was a lot more refined than that I can assure you I could get my head around it how she would draw the nets for these like buildings as in you know like you get a little at like school you would be like cut out this cube and then when you stick the edges together you're like Mm. wow blow it up got a cube so it was essentially what she was doing but with like skyscrapers and stuff and then I was like they were like you you idiot inexperienced you can cut out these palm trees and I was like all right are you paying are you paying me I'll do anything great yeah that's literally work experience hi you can go and stand in the corner and cut 20,000 yes. onions oh yes exactly <laughs> it was the equivalent of that but palm trees yeah um but it was nice and you know it but made me realise like, oh, maybe I'm not too too keen on that. But I'm glad I did it. I remember looking in like the, you know, the gutter of a magazine where you have everyone's name. Yeah. Um, Can you explain to people what the gutter of a mag is? It's not just like a sewage water. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the seedy underbelly of the magazine. It's like the dark web of the mag. Um, no, it's just, you know, where you, people get credit. So if you look on the inside of the page or sometimes outside but just in tiny tiny writing will be often who shot the image or where the image is from uh, so I was looking in there for like set designers names but then I found that um I don't really know how I, how I did it but I think I was looking in something like what like a newspaper or like a weekend magazine and uh, I remember looking at set designers names and I was emailing those but then I also came across people that sort of did food and Amazing. still life and that seemed to be something that I kept running into and you're like I like to eat uh, right so I literally basically had that thought was like I can do food I cook so yeah so then I basically ended up thinking like oh all right well maybe there's an avenue that I haven't you know I haven't tried there I think I emailed some probably photographers I guess and also like uh stylists because mm-hmm. I probably didn't really know at that point who did what or what it I know entailed. can you believe that food styling is a job <laughs> I know, and I still I still don't think anyone in my life knows what it means because I still get emails being like, hey, can you food style this job? And I'm like, look, mate, I don't do this. Um, whilst I appreciate your hope <laughs> and your confidence in me, um, I don't So do basically a food stylist is someone that is paid to go on a photo shoot to basically make the food look beautiful and to cook it on the day and to plate it in a way that is complimentary to when you take a picture of it. Exactly, it's basically all for the camera. So people don't understand that and a lot of people will be like, well, anyone can make a plate of food look nice. Honestly, they can't. Oh, no, no. You see the food stylist get the tweezers out and then you know you're in business. Oh, that's when you know. Oh, yeah. A pipette? Oh. Goodbye. 
no whoa now we're talking <laughs> now we are talking yeah look paintbrush that's oh. i'm always like i love these paintbrushes yeah you they take the knife roll out and you're expecting to see lots of you know razor sharp knives and palette mm-hmm. knives and stuff and it's not it's like paintbrushes pipettes <laughs> Tweezers, small pliers. Yeah, like the <laughs> my least hardcore surgery ever. <laughs> Most inoffensive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I started emailing people. Um, and then basically just one thing led to another. And I, I, I was, like I say, at that point, I was keeping my options open because it was something I hadn't tried before. Um, and then I think I just started assisting people more in the mm-hmm. foodie field. The first food shoot that I'd been on um, was with a photographer who was doing a cookbook at the time. That was basically a compilation of loads of famous chefs giving loads of recipes for this cookbook. Um, Exciting. And I, I came away from the day feeling like, oh my God, why have I not done this before? Everyone was lovely. There was loads of delicious food. I was surrounded by like crockery that I wanted to buy. Uh, you know, just beautiful things. The food oh, looked incredible. And dream. I was like, okay, I can get on board with this. And I just didn't even know it was a thing. And it was like something clicked like oh yeah like of course people make images for the supermarket mags which you know people are listening pick them up on their way out or at the end of the till you know they probably haven't taken the time or probably wouldn't even think you know who makes those images they're just there you know they just exist it's fun that you mentioned crockery because another um part of this industry is prop styling which is something that you also do um, yes. Tell us a bit more about that and what is actually involved because it sounds like fun. It's like someone saying, I want my table to look like this. I want it to look like a little Italian grandma's kitchen table in the summer. And you're like, got it. They give you the money. You go shopping. You don't spend any money. And then you return all the props. And it's like, it's just done. And you haven't got to keep anything. And you just basically decorate a space to look like that. And you're like, cool, I can do that. So you go to these massive warehouses, essentially. or Yeah, it's like a warehouse filled to the brim with props and plates and crockery and... Everything you can imagine. Plates, crockery, chopsticks, little, you know, decorations, utensils, chairs, surfaces. That's something that people probably don't understand as well, you know. It's not just... it. It's surfaces that are specifically designed or suitable for photographic purposes you know so there'll be lots of wooden mm-hmm. things and tabletops and absolutely you know old melanine surfaces that you know your grandma would have chucked out years ago we're like hey treasure yeah mel is also incredible at upcycling her own back backgrounds um yeah she sends me videos of just her like torching wood being like this will look cool right oh god yeah i'm burning this thing now <laughs> yeah. oh goodness this is what our friendship is based on is just like i did this today it looks yeah. really cool <laughs> look at this yeah you're like oh it's nine in the morning and i've made 17 cakes and i'm like okay cool <laughs> so we did actually meet um whilst we were working for bbc good food which was really fun i have many memories with mel in the good food HQ kitchens. Uh, like me, middle of the day, being like, please give me a girl to live because I'm tired and I've just had a carby lunch and I'm fading. <laughs> now would find the most unique ways to shoot. Yeah, in the garden, which people didn't even know existed. <laughs> Do um, you remember? Um, so I think the first shoot Mel and I did was for a mojito. Yeah. And because we work in such different months, we work like four months before the mag is even out. Um, 
so it was January, minus one, we were shooting a mojito outside. We were, we were. It was absolutely freezing. Uh, it was my first shoot for BBC, well, officially. Like, it was my first thing, you know, it was my first brief job that I'd been given from the team. Um, and I don't really remember any specific instructions. It was just kind of like, we need some pictures of mojitos, get it done. And I was like, okay. I know this girl that's nice and probably won't kill me, so I'll ask uh, I'll ask Liberty to do it. In retrospect, me. I was far too polite. And Mel was like, Okay, <laughs> well you get the ice bucket and stick your hand in that in yeah. minus one and I said, yeah. Okay, yeah. Mel Oh that's one too many. I actually take that one out. No, I put it back in. Actually, can you move that onto the side? Can you getting frostbite and like, God, I'm gonna kill this new girl. <laughs> yeah. But um, it looked pretty summery. It was quite successful. And do you remember me going, this looks good? Mel is honestly, she's truly such a talented photographer. And every time, every shot she takes, she goes, oh, actually, I'm quite good. Yes, Mel. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) Always. Yeah, I still do it. I still do it. All the time. But that's you just being humble. I should actually do this. Oh, wait. I should do this for a living. You do. (laughs) Oh, wait, I do. Well, I'm trying to, if this virus wouldn't keep me locked in. Yeah, so we are filming this remotely, staring at each other over Zoom. Um, yes, as opposed to what we do in real life. Which is stare at each other in a kitchen. Yeah, just stare at each other in the kitchen, yeah. Yeah, nothing's changed. <laughs> no. <laughs> Truly. So, we've covered food photography, food styling, being a prop stylist, but what I want to know is... Back in the day, before you were a food photographer, what rogue jobs did you do? Because I'm sure people listening are experiencing some of those at the moment. Um, We've all been there. Yes. uh, Some people I know are still there. So, uh, you know, fear not. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you go through life and you're like, oh, I'm glad I did that thing because now I know how to do X, Y, Z. But none of these jobs have really any immediate... Um, they do not pertain to what I do right now. Mm. So, um, But you've got some great stories from them. I've got some good stories. So I remember one of the first little jobs that I had. I must have still been at school, to be honest. This is like a cheeky like child labour, probably. Um, my friend had a summer job in a kebab shop. <laughs> and uh, she was answering the phones with <laughs> on a little desk in the back of a kebabby. Uh, <laughs> oh, no with a little map printed out on it. And I know this because I did that job for a while when she went on holiday. So I, one of my first jobs over the summer holidays was working in a kebabby, right. um, taking orders and writing down postcodes. Hey, it's still working in food though, isn't it? It really can't is. Can't take that away from you me. You can't. Yeah. You started young. I, I knew. It was then that I knew, God, these kebabs, wow. You know what? Imagine them on a burnt surface. Oh, oh yeah. Amazing. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that was like one of my first little jobs. The only perk of that I can really say was getting a free kebab from time to time. What more could you want? Simply pay me in kebabs. I mean, kebabs at the age of what, like happy. 16 or something, I was like over the moon. Oh, for sure. Course. I'd be over the moon yeah. now. Pay me in kebabs. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> desperate times. <laughs> um, and then my first proper job, like that I actually did, you know, want to do or agreed to sort of instead of being... Yeah, it wasn't held against your will. Um, was I was a steward in a naval base. So I was basically just a glorified waitress. Lovely. Um, but it was, it paid well. The hours worked for me while I was at college. And I learned how to um, do like silver service, you know, classic style, like when they used to have all their fancy 
dinners. Of... Oh, absolutely. And you hold like three plates up your hand. Yeah, and... you know, you've done it. For sure. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah, Truly, yeah. waitressing happens to be one of my favourite jobs ever because I used to work for so many agencies that they wouldn't realise that like who their staff were. So I used to just go around the parties <laughs> just chatting to everybody. I had the best that, time. That's true. It, it, it can be quite fun, yeah, to be honest. There are perks, yeah. But uh, there were some, like, cons to that job, like a force, mm-hmm. you know, it's the Navy. They have these big, like, like I say, like Burns Night or they do, like, end of the year, like, Christmas balls and things like that where everyone gets dressed up and you go around and have to do you know special mm-hmm. things special things special things at a navy base that sounds dodgy doesn't it uh, <laughs> one of the first things though i remember was i can't i don't even know what the event was in hindsight but it was like pirates and wenches i seem to remember being like Melissa, you need to come in <laughs> you need to come in as a wench and i'm like done no <laughs> sold no genuinely i had a waitressing job like that that they emailed me and they said Uniform, no, it was costume will be provided. Oh, no, um, that's true. That makes me And anxious. I was like, sold, yeah, oh I'm my going. God. But you don't know what it is. What was it? What was yours? What did it turn out to be? It was, I was, I was quite let down. It was a black dress. Oh. So I was like fully expecting to like Moulin Rouge it up. Oh my God. Um, no, no, I was like buxom wench, basically. Like <laughs> pirate bitch. Oh God, it's awful. Uh, and they were like, stand in the gallows. I'm like, I don't want to do this, please. With, like, a stupid, like, bonnety cat... Oh, don't. I can't even think about it. Um, um, I think you need to provide us all with pictures. I'll I don't even think I've got Instagram. one. I don't even know if I've got one. I hope I don't have one, because I don't want to share this with you. Um, there was also this one guy who was, like, super mean. Everyone knew he was quite mean, and he was just really cold and just horrible, really. And uh, I took two pots of tea over, and I spilt both of them on his table, and they... Purposefully? <laughs> no! No, God, no. The best um, memory I have, slash worst, from that job was they. I used to work for, or he was our supervisor, basically, this older guy who was like, I used to be in the Navy. And we were like, that's great. I'm going home. I'm going home now. Um, and we used to, at the end of each shift, have to like, or at the end of each um, service, um, huge room, like loads of tables, right? So there's like as much vinegar and pepper as you could possibly imagine and you have to go around the tables and stock like top them up on the tables and there was also like sugar pots um for the teas and coffees that would be on the table yeah now this guy that i work with his name is gordon he has since passed away god rest his soul but this is still gross (laughs) i just doesn't excuse him this was still manky um (laughs) uh gone but not forgotten for this reason uh he used to have a very runny nose and uh, I remember once talking to him, probably saying, oh, you know, wipe your nose. this problem or something, wipe your nose, Gordon. <laughs> and uh, he was topping up a sugar pot. And this isn't like cubes of sugar. This is like granulated sugar. Um, I mean, in a time like this now, this sounds wild. Um, and his nose, I watched it drop into the the snot, trickle, like drop down into the sugar bowl. And no. he remained like, we kept eye contact <laughs> with each other, but we both knew it had happened. And he sort of panicked, flicked out. You know when you put a droplet of water into, like, sugar and it, go, it goes into, like, it a little lump? It goes into, like, a little lump, but you can, like... It's like a solid yes. then, right? He just, like, hucked it out and was like, what are you saying? And just put it back on the table. And I was like, I... I saw you I do that. Do it. I saw you do it. I can still see 
the the pot it haunts me i can actually still see it like crusted on the edge of his and i I think i I definitely intercepted and took it away afterwards like when it wasn't there because i was like this that is disgusting like that's really gross i mean r.i.p but also that's actually vile sort of vile isn't it (laughs) um not okay then when i moved here i um i say here london london uh, when I moved here, I don't even know where I was going. We'll be copyrighted anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not sure what you were doing with that. That was a mash. That was a Liberty special. She does this from time to time. She doesn't know all the lyrics. Hello, future Liberty here. Um, I did in fact know the lyrics. Um, upon listening to this back, it was London Bridge by the one and only Fergie. Sorry to interject. I'll let past Mel continue. <laughs> What did I do after that? Assisting and childminding. I was a childminder, can you believe? I can't believe. Mel being a childminder blows my mind. (laughs) I was an excellent childminder, I have you know. Those kids love me. Their drawing skills through the roof when I left. I bet. You say you can't imagine it, but you know how um, how much of a perfectionist I am, so I took it quite seriously. I can see you being like, sorry, you call that a giraffe? (laughs) I wasn't that harsh, I wasn't. But to be fair, I did make them redo things a lot. But their parents would be like, God, their grades are good recently. Well done, Melissa. And I'm like, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mary Poppins, are us. Yes, of course, yeah. I don't have that bag, but I would like that. I'd love to pull out lamps and beautiful homewares out of a bag. (laughs) That'd be fantastic. I was just wondering whether you get your, like, photography skills from your parents like your creativity like what did they do ironically no i have absolutely no idea where this has come from <laughs> they'll be like oh thanks I'm just melissa a protege. yes I'm just, you no know. I, I don't really know um i to be honest i hadn't like i don't really have any recollection of you know being a child taking loads of pictures or yeah. anything like that um i definitely did have a little like kid camera though i remember that there was like a huge button like a huge shutter button you know yes Um, i had one as well uh but i don't recall being like particularly interested in that and food wise only eating it like (laughs) (laughs) what was your favorite childhood meal oh goodness me uh and if it's not smiley wait smiley faces turkey dinosaurs or i'm so sorry also um, people listening, Mel still eats t- turkey dinosaurs, and I approve of it. I did at the beginning of lockdown. I was like, look, if everything's going to go, I'm going to stock up, and I'm going to use this time to invest in some turkey dinosaurs. So I did. <laughs> because what if, that's, what if I run out of everything, and then I need something yeah. breaded, because everyone needs something breaded from time to time. So I just reached for the turkey dinosaurs. To be fair, I haven't eaten those in a, in a very long time, actually. That feels like the very first half. No, not even half. The first... It was the first week. Bit. And I was yeah. like, what's going to make me happy? Turkey, turkey dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah. It was great, oh. actually. I showed you how to food style with them, anyway. <laughs> I gave you that advice, if oh, you yeah. remember. It's like, put them, Mel... Put them in the mash. Okay, I was like, Mel, you need to do a scene. So if you mash some peas up, yep. put them as grass, and put some ketchup as the sun, you're great. <laughs> Brilliant. It worked, didn't it? Yeah. You were like, I find they stand upright with a generous dollop of mash behind them. <laughs> In my Nigella voice. Sexy Nigella voice, yeah. Um, Subtle ASMR. Ironically, I think I've got... Okay, so there's two that come to mind. Well, okay, my nan's roast dinner, straight up. Yum. Because I live with my grandparents. Yeah. That's possibly where my interest in food has come from. Because my nan cooked Aww. 
every day, obviously. Yeah. So my love for... This is where the potato and gravy love comes from, you Mel see? Mel is the biggest I'm potato old. fan. I'm Possibly I've inside. ever met. I gave her a potato pen. Yeah, I love it. For her birthday. And a potato um, notebook. Which is great. So that's um, probably like a favourite childhood one because that's just sort of nostalgic. But like specifically my nan's roast, which obviously now would probably be... I'd probably eat it and be like, no, I would still love it. But I'd be like, what is this? What yeah. is this? But actually I loved it. So, um, But also I've got a little toss up between... This is again controversial a, a turkey twizzler which since since banned you know but but also i'm like god um or fish fingers mash and cheesy beans oh there's no oh oh no i don't think i could choose why don't we say fish fingers mash and cheese beans and turkey <laughs> so everything <laughs> everything yeah Obviously, I'd take the roast above all because that was just like that was the best. Oh, yeah, possibly food wise from my nan, like cookbooks and stuff. I've still got some of her old like cookbooks and notes and things, so I probably was interested in food that way. But creatively, like my parents didn't do any like you know, no creative job in that way. Um, so I have absolutely no idea where that came from. You're just naturally gifted. I think this is what we've learned today. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, it's just it's great that you've managed to break into the industry by yourself like not knowing um anybody in it because I feel like that is a natural um thing that people would say like oh they managed to get into because it is a very um sort of like niche quite small industry to break and it is is absolutely possible um but do you have any advice um for people getting into the industry um and what you would say to them if you knew um, you're, if you wanted to give a message to your earlier self and be like, you should have done this to get into the industry, what um, would you have said? So, yeah, you're you're right in saying that. Like, it's a really small field. You know, there's not that many people in it, really. Um, once you've made it, you've kind of made it. Um, so it is difficult to crack into, and you're right. I didn't have... I literally didn't have any connections, like nothing. <laughs> so um, I guess I would say... Something I should have done, I'm, you know, we're all guilty of, is being like, try harder. Obviously, that's a really broad term, but like, uh, keep emailing people. So I would email people, but I come to learn that, you know, sending 10 emails is not enough. You have to do like 30. So a, like a day, say you do like a week of that. I know that sounds insane, but I would, there was a, a time when I wouldn't do that or I wouldn't necessarily follow up as much as I could. Uh, in hindsight, you know, things that I could have done. Um, basically, just keep trying. And, you know, having a degree doesn't mean, we all know this, that goes for any sort of um, career path. Having a having a degree yeah. doesn't mean you're guaranteed anything. We know that. Um, a lot of times people just want experience, which is hard to get because you can't get the experience. Exactly. Um, you're like, I don't have experience. Because <laughs> no one will let me. <laughs> um, but basically just, you know, I was quite honest in my emails and saying, I've got an interest in this. Uh, I've seen your work. I really like it. And that wasn't a lie. I really was emailing people whose work I did like. And who were you emailing? Was it photographers that you wanted to assist? Yeah, yeah. It would be photographers. Um, You know, people I'd never heard of before. But through looking at, like, magazines and cookbooks and things like that, I'd be like, oh, I really like this. This is a really nice, you know, visually, I really like it. So just give it a go. So I'd literally just email people um, and just say, yeah, I like this. And I think I remember like the first emails I would send would be like, um, even if I'm just making cups of tea and coffee. Um, can I be there? Can I just come and see? Yeah. I think it's 
putting your face out there and yeah. making contacts and just chatting to people. Um, yeah. I mean, that's sure. something, uh, again, that's another thing I would say is, you know, being uh, sociable in terms of, like, I don't mean you have to go out <laughs> socially. Drinking I don't mean, like, go out classes. drinking all the time. Yeah. Um, I just mean being uh, active, being like, yes, uh, I can do that. You know, being, like, approachable, um making yourself visible and and being friendly and funny and memorable but but not in a way that obviously distracts from Absolutely. who you're working for but being you know people will remember you and, and being nice and and I do you know. think at the end of the day I know it can be quite a daunting experience going and meeting new people especially if you haven't been on a shoot before but at the end of the day everyone's just a person and yeah. if you speak to people how you would want to be spoken to and be chatted to like yeah. a normal person then they will respond yeah. to that that's yeah that's absolutely it um i think i was definitely i mean yeah anyone would you know any job you go into but especially especially if it's like a sort of a specialist field or it feels quite small you know it's quite small you know when you're working with these people certainly for me people that i've admired um you know when i got into it more and more and learned who's who and whose work i really liked um, when you do eventually meet them, you're a little bit like starstruck, of course, because you've been looking at their work for ages and you're like, oh my God, I get to work with them. Um, but it was actually really good. Um, I assisted like one person for a very long time. And, it's wonderful. Um, I did learn a lot, but I also like there were things I didn't like yeah. um, in the end, but I'd sort of run, that had run its course. Um, and then I worked with someone that I, again, like I'd finally got the chance to, whose work I admire I finally got the chance to work with and it basically I'm so glad I did um work with her because she shot in a completely different way her setup was completely different her whole vibe her ethos everything was totally different and it basically like rekindled and restored my faith and like love for the, for this field because I was I'd become I'm so sort of I'd become a bit jaded, to be honest. You know, I'd become a bit sort of complacent, not yeah, complacent in some ways, and I'd sort of lost my drive. I wasn't shooting myself. I wasn't producing any of my own work. I just thought, oh well, if this is it, I'm not too keen. Um, so that's another thing. Like, yes, it's good to work for one person, but um, you know, to be someone's first assistant, so that means that you're their number one, their go-to. You know, they rely on you. Um, but also work for other people too because it's it's good to remind yourself that there are multiple ways of shooting um, Absolutely. or working, you know, whatever field you're in, you know. But, if... but there is also multiple ways of shooting. Like every food photographer has a different style and it's very noticeable. So it's wonderful to learn off different yeah absolutely that that's key because also you don't want to be working for one person because you will just ultimately end up copying without realizing you'll end up imitating them which yeah you you know because it's all you know um so yeah try harder you know like basically when people say oh can you email me again in a month email them again in a month do it you have to and you'll know that from you know jobs Oh, my persistence in getting my job at Good Food was quite hilarious. I could have even been like that um, pestering bit or <laughs> it's very true. enthusiastic. It's true. And, the, and, and you will, and I found, I felt like an idiot. You know, I've, I was like, I've literally, you know, it feels like it's only been a couple of weeks that I've emailed and I haven't heard anything. And I'm like, oh, I feel like 
pathetic yeah. feel stupid but ultimately they'll they don't even think about those They're things so they probably busy. haven't even read it they're so busy um and then if sometimes it's just right place right time Absolutely. and i've had i've definitely had that in the past where someone i've emailed you know in fact i had it uh, the other week someone emailed me that i'd contacted about working with um working with them months ago and then they were like oh hey and it's just completely out of the blue and i'm like there you go like i could have a job come from that but you you never know so you just have to just pepper them out basically you know when people in films run into the street with like flyers and toss them up in the air and f- <laughs> that's what me. you have to do that's literally what you have to do you can't see us but we're basically pretending to fling things on yeah, the i'm air. trying to think of a film where that happens there's loads i'm sure everyone's like this film Every like shouting it but yeah exactly that that's what you want to be doing for sure so People that now know that food photography is actually a career and it's viable and fun and incredible. Yes. Um, three top tips that you've just discussed to get into mm-hmm. the industry. So email around. Yeah, keep, be persistent, you know, persevere and don't, like, don't give up. Try hard and many. Quantity, unfortunately, is about quantity. Yeah. Learn so. from other photographers. Yes get lots of different sources you know you might end up working for one person but that doesn't mean you should turn down other jobs with different photographers necessarily because sure. you will um, that will be valuable experience yeah and just don't give up maybe um any other words yeah i guess so well my other thing would be get to know people of a similar um level as you so you'll meet other assistants that are uh, food assistants you know food, uh, prop stylist assistants um, get to know them because they're they'll be the people going up with you on the way up basically That's or hopefully. Really um so test with them keep testing keep producing and your own work test shoot because when i got into the industry i found this interesting because i had food photographers being like can we do a test shoot no idea what a test shoot was yeah what is that so it's just basically you know like i said other assistants or it might even be you know a, a stylist you know people that have want people you want to work with uh, you just get together and um it's basically for your portfolio essentially um you collaborate you say oh i've got this idea i'd like to do this test shoot fancy it yep uh you come up with a little idea you the prop stylist goes and gets the props i'll take the pictures someone else does the food um there's no real costs involved not really you know you split the cost and you've got you know say eight images or something or however many you've managed to do that day to share your portfolio and it's all brilliant for social and you know, you can say, I work with this person. And then they go, oh, I didn't realise that was you. Which I still think happens. I think, <laughs> I don't think people know my face. <laughs> Genuinely, people are like, oh, it's you. I've shared something recently. Or the food stylist shared it. And Aww. he's like brilliant at socialising. So everyone knows I him. I love this. Um, yeah. Well, to be honest, Mel, I didn't even know your surname. I, I literally knew you as Mel until today when I had to Google. Because to until honest, today. when Mel first joined, I knew her as Hetty Mushroom, which was her first Instagram. <laughs> And so I was like, Hetty, it's you. <laughs> Her name is not, in fact, Hetty. Yes, which I changed. Similarly yeah. to, like, Madonna or Prince. Yeah. It's yeah. just Melissa. The potato formerly known as Mel. <laughs> yeah. On that note, Mel, it's been lovely to have you on the podcast. Yes, it's been good to be here. And lovely Thank to you. see your face. Yes. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for having me. It's, I've learned a lot and people who are wanting to get into food photography or now know that it's a viable career, um, I hope that this has been helpful and a bit insightful for you. Yeah, I hope it's helpful to some people. It is, yeah, it's definitely a thing, I promise.
um just yeah keep at it if you like it you might not know you like it till someone yeah. drags you along to all these shoots so absolutely yeah. um lovely to have you on mel bye such a joy to speak to Melissa. I hope that opened your eyes to a new exciting profession and gave anyone listening that wants to get into food photography or prop styling some useful information. You can find Melissa at Melissa RJ Photo on Instagram and I'm Liberty on at Baking the Liberty. Until next time, thank you for listening. You want interesting stories? Hear hilarious tales. A cook in a glory, wondrous successes and epic fails, celebrity run-ins, all the gossip and tea. You get it all, she's at your back and call when you're taking the liberty. Yes, you're taking the liberty when you're talking with liberty. Thank you.